0: And boom, we are back. New Year 2020, AlphaCast continues. And we are so excited for what's to come this year as we grow AlphaVedic and we grow this community and we continue moving forward with the podcast. We have a really exciting month planned already with some amazing guests. And uh, you can find all that information if you join us on Telegram, t.me forward slash AlphaVedic really is the best way to stay in touch with our community and stay up to the know on everything we're doing. You can also, if you're not into jumping into Telegram and just want to get email updates, that's a great way to stay on tap with Alpha Vedic and Alpha Cast. And you can just go to alphavedic.com and you'll a pop-up will, will uh, allow you to join the mailing list, or you can just scroll down to the bottom of the site and join the mailing list that way, and we give uh, weekly updates on everything we're up to. How's it going today, Dr. Lando? Great to have you back on the show and uh, start fresh for 2020.
1: Michael, auli makahiki ho to you and to the tens of thousands of people joining us live worldwide.
0: Yes, and um, showing your Hawaiian roots, love it. And it's a- it took
1: many years to get that one line down, but I finally did it.
0: Yeah, I don't even what's the reply. What am I supposed to say back to that? I don't even know. Aloha, I guess.
1: I don't know any further than that.
0: <laughs> well, uh, Aloha is
1: two words. So you can count that as two words in your uh, Hawaiian vocabulary. It means hello and goodbye, as you probably know.
0: Yes, I am familiar. That's So great. you're more
1: fluent than you understand.
0: Well, mahalo. Uh, there you go. I've got a Three. few. I've got a few. Uh, well, hey, I'm excited about today's chat as we dive into 2020. And um, I'm I had a great holiday, and I we were able to hang out a bit with the whole alphabetic fam. And I know you guys had a wonderful stay uh, with uh, the fam coming up. And um, you know and the holidays are great because we get to celebrate family and celebrate uh in a way kind of the, the the changing of the seasons and uh of course we celebrate christmas here and then we just had a, a wonderful new year's party at our place here where a lot of the community came and um love the holidays but you know with those holidays come for me um you know my my normal routine kind of gets disrupted i definitely had a few slices of uh pie and a candy cane here and there with the kiddos. So it's good to kind of um, get back into the regular swing of things. And this topic today is, I think, very apropos for this time of the year as as folks get into New Year's resolutions and looking towards how they you know how to start off the the new year in a really healthy way. And what are we talking about today? We're talking about fasting. And uh, I know you have a presentation for us today, bear, so let's jump right into it and uh, get, get going on Fasting 2.0, as we we're calling this AlphaCast.
1: Yes, it's going to be a very timely discussion as we um, capitalize on the many people feeling guilt right now for their shameless holiday indulgences.
0: Yes, and, uh, <laughs> and um, did you indulge at all? No. You were like um, a monk.
1: I spent my entire holiday season in austere contemplation.
0: (laughs) Well, I definitely indulged in everything from fatty prime rib to uh, pumpkin pie, pecan pie. Um, You know, and then I I actually did some intermittent fasting during the holidays, uh, just out of necessity and just normally what I do. So I would take 12 hours off. Uh, during the day, and then just do a, um, uh, a light salad uh, for dinner, and then another, I guess, 12 hours off. Um, and that's probably a strategy we'll talk about today is intermittent fasting. Another thing I got for Christmas, shout out to the mom and pops, is a Tribest juicer, one that I know you guys have as well, and we'll probably discuss that today. And so I've been cranking the juicer the last few days and God, it's amazing. It's one of those, um, slow grinding ones, or I don't masticating ones or whatever you call it, but it's a slow juicer and it is phenomenal. So I'm excited, really excited about having the juicer because I'm going to be using that a lot as I get into some intermittent fasting, uh, starting next week.
1: Best juicer on the market because it produces, uh, what is comparable or maybe even better than pressed juice, you know, and pressed juice is quite the fat in California tonic bars. Um, whereas the the dual masticating augers uh, very slowly squeeze out in a pressing like fashion, all of the fibers. And I think it even, you know, I used to have a, a Norwalk, which was a pure press and uh, the, the twin auger works even better. Then it has some, um, some ceramic magnets on it that uh, slow down or eliminate the oxidation when the juice comes out. It's, it's the best one on the market for sure.
0: Well, thanks for um, helping my parents out with that. And um, I'm really pumped on, on it and uh, looking forward to juicing a lot of what I'm growing. So that's really exciting. I've got a ton of celery in the greenhouse going and stuff. And I know that's a big trend, the celery juice, but I just like doing it all, you know, Just a big mishmash of of all sorts of vegetables and stuff. So really excited about that. But um, yeah, how do you want to start off with the fasting and how do you want to kick this in?
1: Well, last night I kind of whipped together a little PowerPoint. Um, Boy, it's such a vast topic uh, that uh, I had some hard decisions as far as what to include and what not to include include, because there's so many uh, things we could explore. And uh, the most difficult part is what the heck do I call this? So I came up with fasting is nutritive because it sounds a little confounding to most people. You know, fasting is um, what we uh, typically think of as not eating. So how can it be nutritive? Well, think of a sponge that uh, is saturated and then you wring out the sponge. Well, now the sponge can actually absorb more. And uh, that's exactly what fasting does to your entire digestive system and every cell in the body. You need to wring that puppy out every so often in order uh, to um, not just eliminate things, but to uh, increase the efficiency of absorbing what you do need when you do eat. So fasting is nutritive. It's the best I could come up with. And uh, what else? to? Oh, uh, down below the subtitle is uh, the yin and yang of... Uh, eating because uh, like everything else in life, uh, there's uh, two sides to the coin and uh, there's eating and there's not eating. And uh, you have to understand that you need a balance between the two. So would you like me to knock things off with uh, getting the PowerPoint up here? I'll go back and forth there.
0: Yeah, let's throw the PowerPoint up. Um, I mean, we know traditionally a lot of the – really ancient uh, civilizations, India, China, throughout Asia, they all have this tradition. And also in the indigenous cultures, right, there is a solid tradition of fasting for health. And I feel like Western medicine is just now catching up and kind of showing and with their kind of prism of viewpoint um that yes this stuff is real it works um and it should be an important aspect to everybody's health
1: and as usual there's value to all perspectives and uh those of us in the western world have added some new twist and been able to validate in different ways why those folks back in the day knew what the heck they were talking about um So can you see the, are we on? Yeah,
0: looking good. And for those listening on the the podcast, uh, we will have, we have some slides that Dr. Lando um, has set up for us here. And so as we're streaming live on DLive, those following can watch this, but those listening later on the podcast, uh, we'll have those available on our website. Uh, We'll have a blog post with those that you can download.
1: Okay, so uh, we'll save soccer mom for the last on this page, and start off with the historical perspective. How's that sound?
0: It sounds good.
1: (laughs) Okay, Uh, fasting is an adaptational coping response. Adaptational coping response. So, what do we mean by that? Um, You know, there was a time where, if you look at the second point, a continuous supply of non-seasonal, non-local food is an historical anomaly. Uh, You know there was a time where people uh, did not have uh, foodstuffs available, especially certain types of foodstuffs uh, available all the time and especially year round. And um, the bodies were, uh, let's just say genetically trained to adapt to uh, not eating as well as eating. And of course, mother nature has a tendency of knowing what to do and supplying the types of foods that would, Uh, nurture us more perfectly uh, from season to season so uh, you know it might not make sense importing foods in from tropical regions even though it's nice to have a pineapple in the middle of winter it's uh, really doesn't always coincide with what your body is doing in real time in a different locale Um, now fasting um, uh, is something that was the norm and that, uh, and you know, we're not going back to um, archaic uh, notions of cavemen and, uh, you know, uh, people derived from monkeys and that sort of thing. But what we are saying is traditional cultures uh, did have a closer uh, connection to nature and they, uh, you know, did make available with uh, or, or make use of whatever was available. And a lot of times things just weren't available and uh, periods of not eating uh, were actually very important um, uh, periods where it made their body more resilient uh, in that they had to adapt to the situation. And also, as we're going to talk about today, uh, bodies are healthier if you aren't inundating them with food and burdening your digestive system around the clock every day. Um, Regular fasting provides a biological reset for health and longevity. We'll give a little evidence uh, from both uh, clinical experience of my own and also from uh, other clinics around the world and some good research that's been uh, done to evidence that this is in fact true. And the last uh, little comment we say there is uh, that I have is humans are genetically better equipped to deal with food lack versus excess. So if you had to, of course, you don't want to starve yourself, but uh, you're much better off uh, having periods of no food or little food uh, as opposed to having an abundance of food or too much food. Uh, And we'll talk about why that's so. Now, let's get to the soccer mom here. Uh, You have to forgive the cheesy uh, images I came up with, but I was in a a hurry and a pinch last night. So, um, you know, back when I was a kid, if you went into your uh, mom and say, you know, in the middle of the day and said, hey, I'm hungry, she'd say, get the hell out of here, go back outside, and we don't want to spoil your dinner. Uh, Now we have uh, committees that are formed so that – moms are assigned, uh, you know, on any, any given day, who's in charge with bringing the halftime snacks, you know, and, and of course, uh, you know, they always include juice boxes and cookies and things that are, if you are going to snack, probably the, the the last thing you want to provide if you, you know, don't want to screw the kids up. So, um, it's, it's really a new phenomena where we think that, you know, we've got to eat all the time and it's, uh, It's a horrible thing to have a little bit of an empty feeling in your stomach. And, um, you know, the other thing for the rest of us, uh, you know, if you're in a productive daily um, life cycle, you know, with work and creativity. Uh, It it really shouldn't support the, you know, what I call down here, the foraging lifestyle, you know, where people are constantly snacking all day long and, you know, going out for lunch and and having six meals a day. And of course, uh, the medical profession has um, kind of piled on here and made things more confusing because, you know, the the cardinal sin, of course, has become uh, you don't want to let your blood sugars drop. And, uh, and in fact, that's, that's the best thing you could possibly uh, do because uh, it will entrain your body as you'll see to burn um, fat reserves or go into a state of ketosis, which is actually uh, an extremely uh, fast growing trend these days with ketogenic diets. So we'll give you a little bit of an idea about what that means and why it's good for you and also why, like anything else, you don't have to become a, a ketogenic zealot. There's a way to do things in moderation and understand uh, why you're doing things and how to adapt any situation or or program, including a ketogenic diet so that it works for you, whether you're a carnivore, a a vegan, uh, or somebody who has an infirmity or uh, somebody that's in perfect health and, and just wants to be healthier. Okay, so any comments so far, Michael?
0: Oh, uh, I was just gonna say. I mean, the the comment here about humans are genetically better equipped to deal with food lack versus excess, which makes a lot of sense in terms of historically um, what humans were dealing with. Uh, we have definitely a massive issue with that um, right now in terms of overeating, <laughs> especially in the United States. So there's this feeling that, yeah, the, the soccer mom thing is apropos for our society. Um, it's funny, me playing sports, I played uh, very competitive soccer as a kid, and I never wanted to eat after a game, or especially halftime. The last thing I wanted was even an orange slice. I just wanted water. I didn't even like Gatorade. I felt like it was too sweet. and I would drink water, and that was it. And I wouldn't eat till maybe three, four hours after a game. Um, and we had tournaments, I remember not wanting to eat, you know, between games and we'd go to Subway or something. And, um, and my mom would always be concerned, but then they just got used to it. Oh, he doesn't like to eat after. And that was just, I think me listening to my body and, um, just, uh, I performed better when I wasn't weighed down by a bunch of heavy carbs and stuff. So, um, I remember that though. I remember the soccer mom thing that, so that's funny, um, but, yeah, no, definitely we have an epidemic of overeating, and we're surrounded by food everywhere we look. so uh, it's uh never before that that we know in the known history of man has it been this easy to get terrible food in your system immediately. You can go right to a we talk about this on the show you can go right to a seven eleven here in the states and grab a snickers and what is the snickers bar uh whole ad campaign it's the hangry idea, right? Uh, you're hungry. When you get hungry, you get angry. So grab a Snickers and uh, you'll fix yourself. So um, we definitely have that prevailing mythos in society now that hungry, feeling hungry is bad. Uh, having an empty stomach is bad. We live in a evolved civilization now where you should never have to, to quote unquote, suffer that. So, um, what do we have now? We have epidemics of health, uh, heart disease and hypertension and, um, I mean, you name it, which are all dietary related. So this is, uh, yeah, yeah, important to, when I was
1: growing up, um, you didn't see obesity. I mean, you just didn't see it. Uh, you know, we, I think we had one kid in our class who was a little chubby, who would actually be considered lean by today's standards. And, uh, you know, everybody else was skinny as a rail. And, uh, you know, you, this is definitely a new phenomenon. You know, when I played uh, high level competitive sports well into my adult years. And um, back then, all, all we had was uh, your own body and experimentation. And and I came across a, a methodology that worked for me so that I could train and and perform and actually carry a huge body weight and uh, I found uh, that I didn't like to eat uh, during the day at all because it did uh, weigh me down it interfered with um, you know the the high level of training that I do and uh, I re- just intuitively restricted my eating window and I still uh, was able to maintain a 280 pound body weight and lean muscle, uh, mass and, and, uh, perform quite well. So everybody has uh, different chemistries. And, uh, just like we do with a lot of our other talks on, on diet and, and other health strategies, we want to uh, constantly reinforce the reality that, uh, because we all have our own idiosyncrasies that, you know, you want to be informed with, uh, the different, uh, Discoveries people have made, um, uh, you know, look at, uh, evidence from research and anecdotal accounts, but then, uh, experiment with your own body because, you know, if you're following someone else's program verbatim, you're going to miss a mark quite often. And, um, and, yeah, there's know, no, days we, yeah, there's no, yeah, there's no, dogma.
0: yeah, no dogma and there's no single modality or solution that fits all. It's you. You, the most important thing is self discovery and doing the journey for yourself and learning how to listen to yourself, your body, uh, your follow your intuition, um, and understand that you have life cycles you've gone through and so much history behind your psyche and behind your emotions and everything that, uh, in conjunction with what season you're in and what's going on with your life right now, that. Um, The idea of diet uh, just doesn't play that way, so
1: And speaking of dogma what a great segue (laughs) So um, fasting fallacies Uh, There are you know, we are inundated with fallacies and again mostly from the conventional uh, institutionalized system of medicine and you know, what you have to understand is us doctor types, we programmed and mindwashed more than the average population, and uh, also uh, restricted in what we're allowed to do and say, um, especially when it comes to matters that conflict with uh, pharmaceutical sales and uh, conventional modalities. And so because of that, you know, when you first start uh, doing searches, uh, internet searches and your own research on fasting, you'll see the same old uh, stuff about the, the dangers that have all been disproven uh, about how you can really damage your internal organs and so forth if you participate in fasting. So um, let's just start with some basics here. Uh, What are we afraid of with fasting? Well, um, before we get into some facts that would dispel the the myth, um, consider our most basic nurturing and survival instincts are most deeply entangled around issues with food. And uh, if you bring up just the idea of missing a meal, let alone a whole day or or let alone a week without eating it would freak most people out. most people really don't think they can survive a day without lunch and you know not saying that derogatorily it's just it's 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 real people do not believe they can survive if they have a little gnawing feeling in their stomach um the other thing that we really need uh, you know in addition to just uh, using fasting and food as a way to, um, you know, maybe try, uh, uh, train our mind over matter, which is, you know, what we're really here to do in the first place is to obtain knowledge about, you know, what fasting really is, what it does and all the benefits associated with it. And then also you'll see that the, uh, the uh, disproven dangers that we hear about all the time, uh, you know, really are not based on fact. Um, You know, no, the next point here, no endeavor more profoundly dissipates reactive emotional programming than the routine practice of fasting. When you get the hang of fasting, not only are you training your body in some very healthy ways that will increase health and longevity, but you're also going to uh, have an up-close look at yourself on on many levels that um, you can only gain with the clarity that fasting brings. And so uh, there's a reason why fasting was uh, traditionally used uh, not just for health and considered a normal part of life, but it was also uh, considered a real integral part of uh, spiritual practices. And we can even describe how fasting increases perceptual bandwidths. You know, when you don't constantly uh, burden the digestive system with food, which requires a tremendous amount of energy in order to break all of that down. Uh, um, you know, It opens up uh, energy pathways that are then um, going to be circumventing the digestive system and going to other energy centers that will open up those other areas of perception. And uh, that's, that's a real important thing. Also, uh, you know, food brings in energy fields of its own. Every food stuff is, you know, as we talk about in uh, our understanding that the universe is actually an electrical affair and not a physical affair as we think of it. Uh, you know, everything is based on energy fields, and every food stuff is an energy field that you bring into your body. So all those competing energy fields will dampen uh, perception into those other areas that would give you maybe insights that would bring you even greater health and um, you know all the things you we're desiring in the first place. So here's just a couple simple facts. Now, as we're going through all this, um, we really have to consider this today can only be considered uh, as a survey course. And uh, what we'll do in the future, of course, is to bring in other guest speakers and even expand ourselves into any one of these areas. But our goal today is to allow um, you know, a, a broad perspective of the different ways of fasting, why you might choose one versus the other, and uh, how you really have to see uh, what works for you. And of course, uh, just understand what you're trying to personally achieve in the first place. So um, let's go here. Average, uh, the average 70 uh, kilo male uh, has uh, approximately, uh, um, that should be seven kilos of fat reserves. Sorry about the typo. And that would equal a 40 day supply of fuel. Yeah, you want one 70 kilo kilograms of fat reserves. You might not pass the lean body index if if that was the case. Anyway, um, so um, a 40 day supply of uh, fuel for the average male. Now females have uh, an even greater abundance of fat reserves. Uh, That's why we uh, chose the male as an example. And um, the first 24 hours, uh, when you do fast, you typically will utilize stored glucose or your sugar reserves. Now, after that uh, 24-hour period, and now this is uh, evidenced by research by some very well-known uh, clinics that, uh, for decades, have um, serviced uh, people from around the world that go there to cure, uh, you know, different uh, uh, maladies that they have. And 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 boy, talk about successful. I'd say this fasting clinic and others like it produce uh, more positive results and and healing effects than any other form of medicine. So um, after the first 24 hours, your body starts utilizing proteins, uh, which uh, proteins are then converted into glucose for energy reserves. Now, this is a source of a lot of the things you hear that – fasting can be dangerous because if you are using proteins, then of course the concern is that you're uh, deriving those proteins from muscles in the body and that you can in fact start eating away at your lean body mass. And then even more dangerous, uh, you know, the organs of the body, especially the heart are also uh, muscular tissue. And then you can start, you know, having, um, uh, you know, a real breakdown of of organs and uh, possible heart failure and all sorts of uh, damage to your organs. So that's the uh, source of, of of all the dangers that you hear about all the time. But here's what the uh, research uh, shows, and which is uh, repeated research uh, keeps coming up with the same exact results, and that is after. 24, 48 hours, uh, the body then shifts uh, from using proteins uh, to convert to glucose for fuel and instead turns to the process of breaking down fats for fuel, which is uh, producing ketone bodies or what we call ketosis, and a lot of people know about these days. So It's actually going to you know, then, uh, you know, uh, keep us lean and uh, healthy rather than uh, having an excess of glucose, which will then be converted to fat stores, which is why we see all the obesity that's uh, epidemic these days. So um, if we want to train the body to uh, not be fat and to have a lean, healthy body mass, then regular periods of fasting will in fact um, educate the body or re-educate because the body knows what to do. But of course, it gets in the habits that we put it into and uh, it will then uh, retrain the body to turn to lipids as the uh, primary source of fuel, fats that is. And, uh, as we already mentioned, uh, the average male has at least, uh, these days a lot more, but at least a 40 day supply of fuel. So you're not going to break down organs and lean muscle tissue, uh, with a fast, especially, um, the types of fast that most people do. Yeah. All right. How are we doing so far, Michael?
0: Oh, oh we're uh, doing good. why
1: the pitcher, the dog there? Well, that was, uh, I was just trying to, uh, humorously depict um, what most of us are like when uh, when we have our food supply threatened. And uh, you know, this this picture looks exactly like my dog when you make a motion at its food bowl when it's uh, eating and uh, you never try to reason with it. chihuahua, forget about it. So um, yeah, we we get very emotional when our food is threatened and uh, we get quite reactive. And, uh, you know, prevents most people from looking into, uh, real easy cure-all, uh, techniques.
0: Yeah. Okay, Michael. Um, interesting. Uh, I, as far as retraining your body to have a more lean physique, I know of people who, and maybe this is a strategy that's coming up or not, but I do know of, um, one strategy where someone I know has lost over 100 pounds who was obese doing the every other day fast. So eat what they want one day, and then after dinner, don't eat for an entire 24 hours. So they obviously all night, wake up that whole day fast, go to bed, wake up, then around 10 or 11, have a break the fast at the meal, eat a regular day. Go to bed and then just do that. So, one day eat, one day off, one day on, one day off, one day on forever, for, you know, uh, and uh, lost 100 pounds. And so, that's an interesting a kind possible of possible
1: in- concern with that is, um, you know, that I would consider a form of caloric restriction. And caloric restriction never, almost never works in the long term. That 's why you always see these uh, programs like the biggest Loser you know and you know uh, very large people that uh, you know lose a lot of weight, and then the, the one that loses the more is, is the biggest loser um, i don 't think they 've ever had a biggest loser reunion, uh, and that 's because uh, most of the time all those people have regained their weight, so there 's a bit of a strategy involved with losing weight that um, goes well beyond just the concepts of caloric restriction. What you really have to do is retrain the metabolic pathways of the body and, uh, you know, and again, put us back into the normal mode of burning lipids for fuel. And, uh, you know, you can control or restrict your calories Uh, And that most of the time doesn't achieve that, which is why, you know, people look and feel great after being on Weight Watchers for a while, but then a few months later, they're back in the same predicament. And of course, that's very discouraging. And, and, you know, and it's discouraging on many levels because they give it their best shot and it works and they're encouraged. And then all of a sudden they're off the wagon and, and back on a roll. So, uh, there's a reason for that. And if people had a little bit more information and better coaching, then, um, you know, it it would, it would be very encouraging. Sure. So, um, how are we doing?
0: Good. Um, people kind of wondering, uh, more about the fasting, which I'm, we're going to get into, like what, um, you have on your fast days, just water or what, um, interesting. Russ mentioned, Um, uh, He had an issue with being lactose intolerant before intermittent fasting, and now he doesn't suffer from that intolerance anymore, uh, which is cool. Uh, Something I've been kind of actually experiencing myself, same thing here, lactose intolerant. Uh, I've really changed up my overall lifestyle in terms of, and you tell me, is this, am I doing a form of intermittent fasting every day? Because like my daily routine is... I wake up, you know, seven, seven, seven thirty in the morning. Cause I stay up pretty late working. Uh, but then I have just a, a lemon water tonic kind of thing. So it's just lemon juice, water, some zero point of our, our zero point and a little bit of maple syrup, maybe and, and some cayenne pepper. And then I'll have, uh, in an hour or two after stretches and stuff, I'll have some, uh, of our, our, our thermogenics, which we'll probably talk about today, which is just caffeine in, uh, well, I use coconut oil, but uh, integrating caffeine into a lipid, if you will, right into a fat for delivery. And then I don't really eat any like solids up until some, and really dinner a lot now. I mean, I'll have like a kale shake maybe, uh, in the middle of the day, but I've essentially turned into what we call an, um, an, an OMD, a one meal a day guy. And I'm very content with it now. Um, And something that got really disrupted during the holidays, but essentially my one meal a day is dinner, an early dinner. uh, And um, I've been extremely uh, happy with this. Um, If I am extremely active, which I'm getting more and more because I'm getting the trail running and such, I have a bigger dinner or I'll have maybe more of a salad lunch or something. But for the most part, this is something I've been doing for months now. Uh, and it's it's been great. So is this a form of intermittent fasting, or maybe we can start to define what intermittent? Yeah. Fasting so let's is.
1: let's get into all that. Um, let's just do one more slide share very quick. Uh, okay. I Forget what it is. So let's look at it, and then we'll get into all those questions. Okay.
0: Cool. I will say, for me, eating less. Has just proven massive dividends for my health and in my digestive system, as well as in my um, excrementary <laughs> issues or whatever you want to call it. But hey, when you put in less stuff into you, there's less stuff you got to worry about getting out of you. And I think a lot yeah, your
1: of Your body, yeah, with uh, if you're not eating all the time, you'll actually eliminate more, you know, things just go through you quicker. Yeah. So, uh, let's just go through this page very quick. I had a, a tough time with this page cause I had to select an image and I got caught in a, in the uh, a social justice dilemma of sorts. Um, <laughs> my first image was, uh, a, a, a big fat guy with a, a tape around his waist and I had uh, the choice of that or a, uh, a perfect, uh. Female physique. So uh, so my issue was well on one hand I'll get accused of fat shaming and then the other hand I'll I'll get accused of um, Glorifying the perfect female physique. So uh, being a dude I chose uh, uh, The feminine aesthetic so can't win either way. Okay, good decision Uh, (laughs) Similar to the beneficial effects provoked by a purposeful cold exposure Controlled food deprivation stimulates hormonal events that reduce inflammation and increased resilience. So, um, yeah, we talk uh, about a lot of practices, including, uh, you know, Wim Hof method and so forth. And very similar to that, uh, when, you know, the body is uh, purposefully stressed, uh, what we find is uh, well, a couple things you know it's very empowering because again, it cultivates that mind over matter and and uh, starts dissipating the victim mentality where we feel like we're at the whim of all external circumstances. And um, at the same time, when the body is uh, trained to be comfortable with being uncomfortable, uh, it builds resilience and adaptability. And that uh, is then mirrored to our immune system, which becomes stronger, as they found with the cold therapy, same thing with fasting, and uh, and longevity is greatly increased. And the longevity in the case of fasting uh, happens uh, on many levels, uh, you know, that are the reason for that. So here's just, uh, we could write a book on this, but these are just some quick highlights. And, and I know not everything's in here, but... Uh, clinical and research evidence includes uh, basal metabolic rate increases after four days of fasting. So, metabolic rate, just uh, decipher that, is efficiency. Our body becomes much more efficient in everything it does after four days of fasting. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of great people out there. Uh, you can go on YouTube, and there, there's good doctors and and just uh, regular folks that have uh, really informative videos packed with information, uh, clinical factoids and and so forth. Um, You know, I'm more of a a, um, blue-collar clinician, we'll say. Uh, You know, I I really keep up with uh, research as best I can, but I spent the bulk of my uh, career years, Seeing many people every single day for many years, and so you tend to do a lot of trial and error and just find out what works. And the one thing you find in clinical practice is it, what you read about in books, or or you know hear lectures about, or or you know read the uh, the research uh, findings. Uh, It rarely works that way in real life, but it does give you a good glimpse of uh, possible events that will happen, but then you learn to really have to think on your feet and, uh, and, and uh, honor the variables, the idiosyncrasies that exist in every single one of us. So I think clinicians have a very unique perspective that's uh, invaluable because um, you'll always have people that will read certain things and then just or hear somebody else's uh, experience and then just expect the same results. And and again, that rarely rarely occurs. But there's uh, benefits to both sides. Yeah, and, you're
0: um, you're in the real world, seeing real world effects on different people, which is the real life, not just a book. <laughs>
1: Yeah, and, and just like you, uh, it's very uh, rare, or maybe has never occurred ever that you'll see an economics professor um, in charge of a Fortune five hundred company. You know, they're uh, you know, it's a different world. And uh, same thing with. Uh, well, unfortunately, Donald. they're in charge
0: of the Fed many times, but yeah, that's yeah, hence our problems. But yeah, yeah, not without going on a tangent here. Uh, okay.
1: Okay. So, uh, clinical and research evidence includes, we'll continue, uh, a two day fast triggers the genetic expression of mechanisms to protect normal cells while decreasing the survival rate of cancer cells. Now, cancer, you know, I hesitate just to throw it out like that because that's a whole different thing. Cancer cells are a response to something else, it's not a disease. But let's just put that aside because many people find themselves in a predicament where these cancer cells, uh, although understood, uh, take on a life of their own and create real problems. And um, fasting, actually, uh, just after two days, uh, creates a situation where uh, uh, you know genetics, uh, you know that we all possess, are um, stimulated that um, uh, initiate mechanisms that protect normal cells, and uh, and then at the same time. Will create uh, uh, an effect of autophagy, which is the breakdown of uh, cells that are either diseased or damaged. Uh, You know, tissues that really do need to be eliminated from the body. So, um, you know, in this case, uh, the cancer cells have overstayed their welcome. uh, You know, it really knocks those down better than anything else. And for people that insist on um, chemotherapy, and I'll just leave it at that because I have some very strong feelings about it based on the effects I've seen with thousands of people for years, which is uh, never positive. Um, uh, it actually helps people survive the chemo. And many cancer survivors these days are actually, in fact, chemo survivors. And good bioterrain medicine, uh, coupled with fasting and, and such... Uh, Kind of techniques will actually help people um, survive the chemo. And in fact, if you are doing chemo, um, it actually helps the chemo knock down the cells you're actually trying to get rid of in the first place. So um, there's uh, uh, some folks, uh, I believe uh, one of my countrymen from Italy, who's uh, a biologist uh, doing research at University of Southern California, which who has uh, shown that um, the chemotherapy is much more effective and less dangerous when people fast for a period of two days prior to having a treatment. And that's worked very well for a lot of people. Okay. Sorry. A few tangents here. Um, fasting also improves mental health uh, because- um, it uh, produces uh, a calming effect and also antidepressant effects. And the original fasting clinics uh, that were um, that began in the old Soviet Union, uh, uh, you know, actually were based on uh, um, clinics that specialized in psychological disorders, uh, asylums, and that sort of thing. And they found when they started fasting people that uh, people actually became more coherent and, and uh, functional and actually were able to heal their psychosis. And, and in many cases, very severe psychosis that was resistant to all other traditional means and uh, also allowed these people to get off their meds and, and so forth. So uh, very important. And, and the rest of us that aren't committed to an asylum, uh, you know, it's going to really improve your, your outlook on everything, your mental health, your mental acuity, and, and have a very uplifting effect on your psyche. Uh, another thing fasting does is it promotes uh, human growth hormone production. And human growth hormone is like the youth uh, hormone of the body. You know, when we're kids, we have a uh, very active thymus gland, which is responsible for producing a lot of the growth hormone. And um, you know it's it's very large, and then by the time we're adults, that thymus gland, which is right uh, uh, behind the sternum, uh, shrinks to a very small size, and uh, it's really not supposed to do that. So there are ways to um, promote uh, uh, regenesis of the. Thymus gland, which is going to help your whole immune system, as well as increase the levels of human growth hormone, which will help you repair and regenerate and greatly retard the aging process. So, that's an effect of fasting. Um, We already talked about uh, reducing chemo side effects, eliminates joint crystals. You know, a lot of uh, joint issues are because joints are uh, a favorite suppository in the body for. Uh, different, uh, you know, uric acids and, and other uh, toxins that um, are overwhelming the body's elimination systems, and then those, uh, in turn, create inflammation within the joints. So, um, you know, fasting uh, helps clean out the joints, which is why a lot of people, one of the first things they'll say is, "Why wow, my joints feel better? They don't ache anymore," and that sort of thing when they're in the middle of a fast. Uh, normalizes uh, glycemic uh, sugar levels, in other words, um, insulin and triglyceride and other blood chemistries. That's uh, borne out time and time again in relevant studies. Uh, Let's just get through the rest of these quicker so we can get to everybody's uh, questions as far as how we actually do things. Um, uh, Fasting has been shown to reduce blood pressure, respiratory and heart rate, and overall energy expenditure. So You know, you become more like that uh, zero point uh, energy where you don't need as much incoming energy in order to provide for your energetic needs. Uh, You're just more efficiently creating as well as utilizing energy. And that, of course, is going to make a big difference in the way you feel. And then, of course, uh, normalizes body composition because you are training the body to preferentially burn ketone bodies, which is your fat stores. Okay, so the next slide here, fasting strategies. Um, any comments first, Mike?
0: Um, yeah, just uh, some general chatter going on. Everyone's enjoying it. Um, I, we were just kind of saying, it's just amazing how you're, you're talking about these uh, Russian, uh, the, the Russian clinics and stuff. Uh, how amazing and simple these techniques are when we're in modern times trained to think that the first thing we need to do is if we have a, some sort of issue with depression or a psychosomatic issue or anything that the number one thing to do, of course, is to uh, consult your, your physician who then goes into their, their book, right their their Bible of solutions, which is basically connecting the dot to the pharmaceutical drug to take. And um, people are, That's how we're in in trained thinking now versus uh, doing what an animal would do in the wild when confronted with something that's an anomaly. What do they do when they're not feeling good or they're injured? They don't eat and they go and they sleep and they, they repair themselves. So our own mental hubris is literally destroying our health.
1: And, and what could possibly go wrong with taking seventeen different pharmaceuticals daily?
0: Yeah, no, it's uh everybody's will only do wonderful things for us in the brave new world. <laughs> Huxley yeah. nailed and So what do we what have
1: we, we we've talked about a lot of this uh you know in our past uh discussions. We've got uh cold therapy and all its great effects. We've got um Exercise how about exercise? Uh, good sleep Um, You know very important We'll do a whole discussion just on sleep alone and what happens when you're sleeping on on all levels Uh, You've got not eating Um, (laughs) All of these things are simple and free and you know we're I I always chuckle we have all these um, ongoing uh, you know, discussions in 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 different groups where you know guys are trying to figure out how to put more lead back in their pencil, or or cure some kind of whatever, or 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 you know increase their lifespan, or or, or you know just have a happy day happen. And um, in it, you know, we get into biohacking with nutraceuticals and. And, you know, and and all the the kind of academic theories, whereas the most um, important and effective means are under our nose all the time for free. Yeah. And on top of it, not only do they work better, but they're very empowering because it all falls back in your lap and the rightful place that you have in healing your own body. It's not somebody else's job. It's not a doctor's job. Now, a good doctor can help your journey and give you proper coaching and, uh, you know, maybe give you some shortcuts, but you still have to do it yourself and you're still in the long run going to have to rely on these things that we're talking about right now. Otherwise, you're always going to be disempowered and dependent and that is not going to build a healthy, productive society of uh, sovereigns. We'll just say that. Yeah, and and your
0: sovereignty directly relates to your health. So you understanding that you are free and you are in control, literally directly will affect your physical, mental, spiritual health. One thing, too, about the sleeping, when you're fasting, and this is something like mystics will talk about, you know the mystics the the monks up in the mountains they'll do like 30 days of fasting then they'll do or let's say even less extreme they'll do 15 days of fasting then 15 days of of you know hardcore um uh mystical intention uh and then they'll do another 15 days of fasting and they'll have full on out of body experiences and they don't even really need to sleep once you're once you're really kicking in in the fasting and i've only done it a few times but um I did like the the cleanse, the Master Cleanse. I did 15 days of just lemon water, maple syrup. Um, I was like only a couple hours a night uh, of sleep, and I was just full of energy. And I remember going on like midnight hikes through. I was living in San Francisco at the time through a Golden Gate Park and like tripping out, almost having like psychedelic experiences. So um, it, it's an emo- it's a it's a spiritual awakening too that you can get from from doing these practices.
1: You're absolutely right. So let's look at fasting strategies now. um, These are talking uh, topics, discussion topics, and each one could uh, turn into quite an involved discussion. All I'm able to do on a single page here is to give some very cursory um, information. So uh, please chime in with any uh, comments or questions that you're getting from the peanut gallery there. So the first thing we want to entertain is duration. How long should we fast? So here's uh, the different approaches. So um, to answer the question first, uh, ask yourself, what do I want to do? Uh, What issues do I have that need to be addressed? And then you're still going to have to have your own experience, your own trial and error experienced over, uh, patiently conducted over a period of time. Don't jump in with radical measures first, just kind of test the waters gradually and see what works for your body. Because again, your body is different than anyone else's body on the planet. Now, uh, the first type we have is intermittent. So uh, intermittent fasting, which everybody's talking about these days, is simply narrowing Uh, narrowing uh, the daily eating window. And when we do that, it again is going to promote ketogenesis, uh, increased human growth hormone production, and it's at the same time going to reduce digestive burden. So it's a very uh, healthy way to um, begin some type of fasting. And in the long run, the cumulative effects possibly even superior than, um, you know, just doing a longer fast uh, occasionally during the course of a year. Uh, Intermittent is uh, a great way to go too, because you can begin with a larger eating window, you know, for instance, like an eight and 16 kind of approach where you have eight hours where you're uh, eating and then you, you just make sure that for 16 of the adi- uh, other hours in a day, you aren't eating anything. And for a lot of people uh, that would actually narrow their window. Now, eight hours of eating, uh, you know, for a lot of us, uh, you know, that leaves a lot of uh, time to get multiple meals in. But for a lot of people, it's a good way to start, especially if they're used to foraging. And uh, then you can gradually narrow that window into, you know, six hours, four hours and two hours or or whatever works for you. Uh, we'll talk more about intermittent fasting um, at the end here on the next slide. Uh, so let's just uh, jump to another approach, which is a one day per week fast. Uh, I really like this uh, method. I I used it all for many years when I was playing sports and I still do it. And uh, it provides a more gentle approach. You know, it's not as daunting as three or especially 10 plus days of fasting, which is more for advanced people and also for people that have trained their psychology to be able to handle the concept of actually missing a few meals. So it's a more gentle approach, uh, but with very profound long term cumulative effects. So if you consider one day per week, you know that's 52 days a year now there's two ways uh and that's a lot of rest on your digestive system and it's going to have great regenerative effects and and a lot of other positive effects and again on a cumulative level it's going to start to do some of the things that people say well you can only uh, achieve if you're three plus days and and we'll talk about what those things are in a moment here now, one way to do it is, of course, you eat your, uh, you know, your supper uh, the night before and then you uh, get up the next morning and you don't eat until a 24-hour period has passed. And that gives you a good 24-hour break and then you just maybe eat a lighter supper that night and then, you know, to break it or, or break it some other way and, and then get up the next morning and you're back on your regular roll. Uh, I prefer actually extending it through the next evening and breaking it uh, with something light the next morning and in my case, uh, I like to do it with uh, with a ketogenic approach uh, and uh, and you know kind of the the bulletproof uh, kind of technology but we 'll talk more about that too uh, but i think thirty six hours actually is more beneficial and you can definitely handle doing that once a week once you get the hang of it and train your body. So that's a good way for people to just, uh, jump in, uh, with another approach. Now, three days, um, is the next level and three days, a lot of people would say, well, you have to do at least three days because what you're doing in that, uh, first, um, you know, 24 plus hour, uh, period is you're thoroughly depleting glycogen scor- stores, And then you're going to, you know, kick, uh, you know, into more of a, a true ketogenic metabolism, you know, burning in the fats up. And, uh, in the process, you're going to initiate a deeper cellular elimination and autophagy, which is again, the, um, breaking down of, um, unhealthy tissues and elimination of those tissues from the body. Now, um, three days isn't gonna allow you an extended time of that deep cellular elimination, but it will initiate it. And let's just say if you did three days once a month or every other month, you know, again, you're gonna have a good cumulative effect from that and a lot of good things can happen. So if uh, if you're curious about that one, jump in, have your own experience. And the next uh, phase is 10 plus days. And now this uh, you know, really shouldn't be uh, experimented with uh, you know, first timers, because it's not only going to put you through deeper elimination, which uh, may require other types of assistance in order that the things you're eliminating Don't create symptoms, which uh, in the healing business, we call the Herxheimer reaction, which means you're actually having an intoxication intoxication of the things that are being eliminated. Now it's always um, temporary, but it can be uncomfortable. And if you're not extremely healthy going into this, or if you don't have proper coaching in order to do other things to help you through it, then you know it may not be that much fun. Now, when you go into uh, clinics that specialize in helping very sick people at the end of their ropes cure themselves, they will do these extended fast. And of course, these types of people uh, are not healthy going in there, but they do have a team of folks that are monitoring their blood chemistries, that uh, provide uh, daily activities, uh, light types of exercise to keep the lymphatic systems flowing, um, uh, different types of massage, colonic irrigation and low bowel uh, coffee enemas, that sort of thing uh, that will help things move through. And with that kind of support, they're not only able to get through it, but typically after a couple of weeks, they feel like a million bucks in a lot of their uh, symptoms. Or any evidence of disease starts quickly disappearing, so you can engage on a very uh, long, strenuous, more strenuous type of approach uh, from the onset, no matter what your condition. However, you really need to uh, be aware going into it of possible complications and having the necessary support in order to get through it. For the rest of us that are, uh, you know, relatively healthy, you might want to start with intermittent fasting. Uh, You might find that in the long term, that's all you need. In fact, I would argue that that's the case. One day, week per fast um, is a fantastic approach, and also can be combined with intermittent fasting. And I'll I'll talk more about that. And then the three day is a great one to you know just kind of train yourself to uh, withstand uh, the idea of not eating for longer periods, and also as a possible preface to. Um, jump into longer, ten-plus day fasts, in um, which are uh, amazing. Uh, you, know, you would be astonished at how you feel. Uh, you know, if you can successfully get through uh, ten, twenty, or or even more days, and 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 different symptoms that you may have, how they just miraculously disappear, and it will make a believer out of uh, anybody as far as the effects of fasting, and it will forever change the relationship you have with your own body and extremely self-empowering. Yeah, so, I, I, I guess uh, true to my own
0: yeah. personality, I didn't follow that advice because I was like early 30s and in unbalanced lifestyle, a DJ, drinking alcohol, eating a lot of crappy Asian food when I lived in San Francisco. Not, I mean, Asian food's good, but you know, like noodles and stuff. And I, in the house we were renting, discovered this Master Cleanse book. It was a little paperback book from the original author of the Master Cleanse because our landlord was an old hippie and I was so attracted to it. I told my wife, we are newly married, I'm going to do this thing. And she's like, okay, well, I'm leaving town for a week, so do it then. So I did 15 days of it and no prep and you know I was a young healthy person though overall and I feel like I was needing it and uh I will say you everything you just said spot on and while I didn't have the support um I mean I could have just stopped whenever but um it was life-changing so it really was and and the master cleanse for those that don't know is the fresh lemon juice with uh b-grade maple syrup and cayenne pepper and uh you do that whenever you feel hungry you mix it up and then you'd also do a um a, a salt water cleanse every morning to flush the system out and uh i was getting yeah, definitely there's, by there's like so before. many go ahead i was
1: just going to say there's so many techniques like that that we could talk about and so we'll yeah. we'll keep bringing this uh topic up uh with ourselves and our guests periodically so yeah. Uh, someday we'll, we'll cover most of it.
0: But I, I just um, wanted to say while I just I, – you can jump – I mean, we don't recommend it. I jumped into it. I was healthy though, young, healthy, and it was life-changing. So that was a 15-day fast I did. That was the first time I've ever fasted, and my I'm a little more of an extreme personality. I just jump into things, um, but it uh, it forever changed me. So, yep.
1: Okay, so after duration – um, which type of fast? And this gets into some of the questions there. We can have water only juice, or we can add protein from a source such as algae. So, water is a little more difficult for most people that aren't experienced. Um, you know, of course, you're dealing with hunger more, and you just have to be ready to deal with that. It's no problem. Once again, you get the hang of it. And uh, so I'd say maybe advisable for shorter durations of fasting, um, unless a person is really on their a game. An extended water fast uh, may uh, create a, a electrolyte imbalances that could create, uh, um, you know, complications for some people. Uh, you know, when you lower your potassium levels, for instance, you could start experiencing heart palpitations and and such, but, uh, for a season, uh, faster, um, you know, the body can even cope with extended water fast, but not for most people. Um, so, uh, one day a week fast water would be fantastic, uh, Intermittent fasting, um, you know, you might just use water if you want to have a true fasting, um, a pure, let's just say, fasting effect on the part of the day where you're not eating. And uh, we'll contrast that with other techniques in a moment here. Um, juice is a great uh, way to go because juice can actually increase the cleansing effect of fasting and actually enhance uh, some of the reasons why you're trying to do a fast in the first place. I, the only thing I'd add is you don't want real sweet juices because then, again, you're raising your glucose levels. And one of the things I would want to do in a fast is uh, train that ketogenic response, again, burning up fat as sources of... Uh, fuel rather than providing glucose to do that. So you don't have to kick into the ketogenic mechanism. So I would, uh, emphasize, and this is what I do personally. I would just do, uh, predominantly vegetable juices. I like celery juice myself. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll use the green star juicer that you just got there, Michael. And, uh, you know, I'll do a, a whole bunch of celery. Maybe I'll throw in one apple. Now apple has amazing properties I just don't overdo it. So it just has a very, very low sugar content mixed with uh, the abundance of celery juice. I'll throw in a little parsley and some other things uh, you know, that can have another good cleansing effect uh, to target certain organs like the cucumbers, cucumbers or liver. Uh, yeah, yeah. All, you know, whatever, you know, an experiment, see what works for you. I also like to add just a dash of fresh ginger and fresh turmeric uh, root. Which helps with the anti-inflammatory effects, and and with the ginger, uh, you know, really uh, increases the digestive fire to help the digestive system, uh, you know, re- eliminate and and be active even though it's not needing to digest any food. So juice is a good way to go, and of course, it's going to make any fast much uh, more pleasant. Because if you're just sipping on uh, juice throughout the day, then, you know, it really helps with the hunger pangs and, and makes life a lot easier. And it's much more safer, especially with celery juice. Um, you know, it's uh, supplying a good uh, amount of electrolytes and things so that you don't throw everything out of whack can, and start having can you, uh, possible problems.
0: Can you give us a quick, uh, my mom was asking this, what's the whole kick with the celery juice fad? I mean, what's what's celery got that's so amazing?
1: You know, celery, uh, before it became a fad, uh, way back years ago, um, I used to prescribe it in clinic for people with um, uh, that needed a, a nervine type of tonic, you know, when their nervous system was depleted and when their adrenal glands were exhausted. Um, because when the... Um, adrenal glands are in what we would consider an alarm mode. In other words, they're over vigilant and working overtime. Then certain hormonal issues will arise where the kidneys start dumping uh, valuable electrolytes and sodium levels that uh, will wash us out even more, uh, increase fatigue levels and create all sorts of other problems. So uh, I knew back then that if people started, you know, in those states while we're doing other things to regenerate, uh, you know, the the, ner- the nervous system and adrenals, uh, the um, celery would help the whole journey expedite and make people feel better along the way. So um, now celery also has other properties that people consider very cleansing. And for the, the celery juice diet, uh, it does uh, promote... Uh, great elimination, uh, you know, in the digestive organs and the bowels. And, and, you know, if you go on one of these uh, pure celery juice uh, regimes, then you might not stray too far from a latrine because things do move through you. But um, yeah, th- yeah, the celery works on a it number makes of sense. levels. Uh, yeah. It makes
0: sense why it's a fad then because most people are adrenal tapped. I mean, just in modern society so we are in a exactly. constant frenzied state these days so uh that's makes a lot of sense okay um uh, one quick question too so the last uh, thing can we Go just ahead. Do one thing that's on the water it's on this subject on the water um russ asked what about if when doing what focusing on water um doing like a tea
1: Water, pure water, will um, have an entirely different reaction on your body than a tea or other kinds of liquids. So um, you want to, tea is fine, but you don't want to substitute water with tea. Uh, what you want to do is have both. Mm-hmm. And uh, herbal teas and different kind of teas can be very effective. In fact, even uh, an abundance of green tea, with uh, you know levels of caffeine, is very cleansing and uh, can have very positive effects. So, uh, green tea can be, um, you know, very valuable during a fast. Just have ample amounts of water also, because water we'll have, uh, you know, water is a universal solvent and that's why it works so great to help the body flush itself out. And once you mix anything in with water, it's going to change the properties and have a different effect. So you don't include that as your water content or water amount during the day. Cool. Thanks. Yeah. And of course, as far as any kind of tea, I of course have a strong bias that, uh, the best herbal tea going would be jiao gulan and, and there's, you know, we'll, we'll do a, a little talk just about all the amazing things that that herb does, which I think better than any other single herb on the planet with all its uh, capabilities. Okay. So the last thing is uh, you can add some amino acids in the form of one cell algae organisms. Now they're very bioavailable. Uh, In that form, it doesn't uh, require digestive effort and um, also can supply vitamin B12. uh, And it might be a consideration for people that are concerned about the loss of lean body mass because of any existing issues or neurological issues. So the addition of amino acids with algae is a possibility. You'll still get the uh, nice cleansing effects and reduce workload on a digestive system, so you'll have some good fasting benefits. However, you're probably going to sabotage the autophagy um, mechanism in fasting, which again is the breakdown and elimination of unhealthy tissues in the body because... As long as your IGF or um, insulin growth factors are present in the blood, then uh, you're probably not going to trigger a very efficient autophagy. And amino acids will most likely dampen that effect, if not eliminate it entirely. So again, it requires just, all right, what am I trying to do Uh, what do I want to achieve? And uh, will algae support or sabotage what I'm trying to do? Are we good on that?
0: Yeah. And that's another great thing to remember too, for all those um, vegans out there, get your algae for your bees.
1: Yeah. B12 is important and it's a great way to get it. Algae also has good essential fatty acids and a lot of other things. So, uh, it's a very important food, I think, to include in any kind of a vegan or vegetarian approach. So, last question, and then we'll move into a more, uh, we'll elaborate a little bit more on intermittent fasting and finish it up with any questions. How are we doing for time? Are we good?
0: Yeah, we're good. We're an hour and a half in, so I'd like to not go longer than another half hour so we don't wear anyone okay, else. Okay, so... so- Let's crank it up.
1: Okay. So we'll, we'll wrap it up quickly here. Just a couple final comments. Is fasting right for you? Uh, so I would advise just patiently acquire information and experience beginning with less advanced uh, approaches. Uh, monitor your metabolic efficiency. Now, if you're left on your own, that's not that hard to do. You, know, you can uh, just go by how you feel and how you feel is really, in my opinion, all you need to know but you can get glucometers where you measure uh, glucose. You can get um, other uh, instruments, um, refractometers that can measure your total body sugars uh, as opposed to just blood sugars. And there's a way to understand what both of those mean, especially when you have uh, both sets of data available. Uh, That'll be the subject of further talks in the future. Uh, Too much to get into right now. You can also, um, you know, get little meters that will uh, measure um, uh, the amount of ketosis you're in, whether you're in fact burning ketone bodies or not, and see, uh, you know, where you are at any stage of fasting and before you go into it. And, uh, and then uh, above all, just keep in mind fasting is natural, safe, and intuitive. It's as old as the kills, and it's not a newfangled idea. And uh, the newbies on the block, especially those in the conventional medical system, uh, really have no experience or, um, or information, period, that would um, allow them to make any legitimate comments. All right. Uh, An intermittent fasting approach. So I'm just singling out this one type of fasting a little more than the others for starters because I think it's a great way to go and something that anybody can do. Uh, I got a little shot of uh, Deb outside this morning uh, milking the yaks. So that's why I have that up there. (laughs) Nice. Um, Okay, so why does it work um well it's easy to accomplish by gradually reducing the eating window over time so you can just uh, take baby steps and and you know get accustomed to it and not have to feel like you're getting into any radical fasting and have good results from the start and increase those results over time as your body gets uh more adept and efficient um it also is a very way, good way to go because it can, it can accommodate any schedule or lifestyle with all the cumulative benefits of fasting. So, again, rather than taking a, a multi day window in order to achieve an effect, if you're patient and just do this day in and day out, the cumulative uh, benefits uh, will um, accrue and give you the, the same effects as uh, a more strenuous fast and in the long run maybe even surpass the benefits of uh, longer fasting again, what are you trying to do and uh, have your own experience and see what works for you and one thing that most people uh, uh, experienced, and, and I certainly do myself, is you have a demonstrable increase in energy, mental acuity, and reduction of common symptoms. Uh, what I like is I can just get up in the morning, and because I'm not trying to fix breakfast and digest food, and now I use the, uh, we'll call it a, the bulletproof method, um, not- um, How dare referring you? To a- Well, I'm not referring to a brand name, but just like we say, oh, I'm going to Google something. Well, you know, regardless of the browser you're using, we still use Google because it's become a verb. And, um, you know, Bulletproof now has become a concept and an approach that uh, is not referring to a particular brand that also exists out there. So I don't know what else to call it uh, that people will be able to relate to. So I will just yeah. say, just- uh, you know, the bulletproof approach and we'll tell you, uh, why that can work and, and things that you may or may not consider, uh, that technology in conjunction with intermittent fasting. And so let's get onto that. Um, so A technological approach, and again, we're getting into the bulletproof concept here. Uh, Yak butter mixed in black tea was, uh, oh, geez, another type of was, is uh, a centuries-old Tibetan practice to withstand harsh weather and lifestyle conditions. So they found over many, many uh, centuries that uh, it it works their body. It helped their body uh, become more resilient. It helped them maintain energy and blood sugar levels throughout the day to withstand the, you know, the harsh conditions that they survived in those locales. And um, so of course uh, uh, there is a particular brand name out there that has a great marketing story about um, trekking in the Himalayas and coming across, uh, you know, this, this mystical tradition and bringing it to the Western world. And that's, that's good. I have no problem with that, but I did, uh, and many of us uh, were made aware of it in Asian medical studies, uh, you know, many years ago, and my first introduction to this topic was in naturopathic college in the, in the latter 70s, so it, it's really nothing new, and, uh, you know, no single individual brought it to the Western world, and, and, and you know, okay, enough on that. <laughs> um, again, good marketing. So um, here's uh, some truth about the bulletproof approach. Uh, Mycelized caffeine does sustain blood sugar and energy. And mycelized means uh, when caffeine, a caffeine source such as as coffee and tea is um, blended uh, with a particular source of fat, which could be butter, coconut uh, uh, oil, and so forth then uh, those, the, the caffeine becomes bound in the fat molecules and has a nice um, uh, kind of a self-sustaining or time-release effect. And also, when it's taken in that form, you know, for instance, I've never been a caffeine uh, drinker. I just, my body doesn't do that great on it. I'm, I'm kind of high idle by nature to begin with and um so uh not only does it mitigate hunger but it also reduces the caffeine related adrenal crash which uh someone like myself and a lot of people would most assuredly uh experience you know what must uh, what goes up must come down so if you have more of a sustained time release effect it doesn't have as much of a stressful effect on your adrenal glands and you don't have any associated crass, crash crash uh, most people that is Okay. So the question is, is if you're in an intermittent fasting um, regime, does it uh, interfere or disrupt the fasting process that you're trying to achieve uh, with what you're doing in the first place? So in other words, uh, if you get up in the morning and blend uh, some caffeine and, and you'll see in a minute. Um, you know, the bulletproof approach that was made popular, of course, utilizes coffee exclusively and, uh, the original technique utilized black tea rather than coffee. And we're going to talk about, uh, many other caffeine sources. It can suit different, uh, tastes and chemistries much better than if you're just, uh, confining the bulletproof, uh, technology to caffeine from coffee beans. So, um, does the introduction of the fats in the bulletproof technique disrupt the fasting process and its benefits? So, a purist might say, well, you're introducing calories, so therefore, let's get out of the screen share here for a second. Um, So, therefore, you might um, lessen the effects of some of the effects of uh, fasting, such as human growth growth hormone production and others that are stimulated after um, calorie deprivation. All right. Um, But there are many um, benefits in addition to some of those other benefits of fasting that will not be disrupted and even possibly enhanced by the introduction of caffeine and fats, say in the in the you know to begin your day, and then eating sometime later in the day in a very narrow eating window. Now, um, there's evidence with a lot of people that the introduction of calories with fats uh, doesn't interrupt the fasting at all. And in fact, enhances the ketogenic effect. There's a YouTube couple, a, a doctor couple, I believe, uh, what's the name of their channel? Uh, Two Fit Doctors, I think, something like that. And they did their own little study and they aren't the only ones, but it's the only one I can think of at the moment where, you know, being doctor types, uh, you know, they monitored their own blood for ketone bodies and, and glucose and, and things and uh tried uh different trials with just uh fasting with pure coat uh caffeine, which won't disrupt uh even uh fasting purists will say no caffeine won't disrupt the the fasting mechanism uh and then they uh monitored themselves when they did m c t oil uh did it again when they just had um uh, uh butter and then again with just uh coconut and they found. In every circumstance, the uh, ketogenesis was not tr- disrupted, and therefore the fasting mechanism was, uh, in many cases, actually enhanced beyond uh, not having any fat source at all. But, you know, again, have your own experience. You decide if it works for you. Uh, on the positive side, besides enhancing the ketosis of the intermittent fasting, which seems to be uh, fairly universal, um, it can also make your day a lot more enjoyable. It will really um, curtail, hang on a second here. It'll really help uh, curtail hunger and make it easier uh, to not only feel better, but sustain your energy, uh, mental acuity, and so forth throughout the day and uh, makes it a breeze really to get to your one meal and, um, and you know really have a, a, a more fun time with the whole process, as opposed to having uh, just a pure fasting approach without the bulletproof. Other things you can do if you aren't doing the uh, fats and caffeine in the morning, is you can uh, you know, have teas, you can have just straight coffee, you can have um, things like apple cider vinegar, which can do have other uh, positive effects. Uh, you can uh, put uh, a little bit of uh, Himalayan salt in your uh, water, which can also sustain electrolytes and, and things that will, uh, again, dampen hunger pains as well as uh, sustain your energy levels. Uh, so there's a number of things you can do, a lot of things we could talk about. I'm a fan of intermittent fasting. For me, it works. And I know a lot of people that I work with, it really works well. And doesn't it all, uh, you know, really ruin the effects of the fasting uh, that you're trying to achieve in the first place. So um, let's see, let me get back up on the screen here and you jump in with any comments from from the folks out there, Mike.
0: Most people just saying that they agree that caffeine can play a vital role in dispensing in the hunger uh, and allowing for the process to work easier. And I, as yeah. far as what I said earlier, that's kind of what I do. I do intermittent fasting in that sense, where the only thing I'm really getting in my body for the first, I mean, since dinner the night before. So we're going on, I don't know, twenty sixteen 16 hours. Is just the coffee with the uh, our our um, primal our primal essence chaga coffee, so it's got chaga yeah. in it, but um, and it's got hishi woo in it, so it's got some herbs and stuff. But
1: um, yeah, we'll we'll sh- we'll put that up on the screen last, and we'll go through it real quick. But um, you know, what works for me is I I like the daily intermittent. I like the bulletproof in the morning. It's uh, great because I just brew that up first thing. And then, um, you know, sip on it, you know, through mid morning, typically, I'm still sipping on mine right now. And uh, I can jump into a workout right away, you know, you usually take the dog for a walk. And then when I get back, I, you know, do my uh, stretching. And if it's a uh, resistance day, I'll do some kettlebells or, or, uh, you know, on alternate days, I do my Tai Chi ball exercises, which can actually be very taxing, because you're uh, doing sustained periods in a very low squatting movement kind of fashion that, uh, that uh, is, is amazing on many levels for your uh, physical as well as uh, energetic cultivation, we'll say. Um, yeah, so- shout, out,
0: shout out to um, our, our, our guest from last month, uh, Certified Health Nut. I've gotten into Drunken Monkey uh, Qigong uh, doing that every morning and uh, he's kind of he's got videos there if you guys want to go back to our guests we had last before Christmas uh, last month um, but uh, Troy Casey uh, it's great because it's something that gets your whole body flowing and moving and it kind of shakes out all the gets all the nerves ends going and firing and you just kind of get all loose and it's fun and So, uh, I, I've been doing that every morning, the drunken monkey, uh, Qigong.
1: Drunken monkey, uh, movements are pretty crazy. And it's, uh, you know, when you watch uh, a really good practitioner of those techniques, uh, drunken monkey, uh, Kung Fu, um, it, it looks like a very relaxed sort of, uh, way to move and it really does look uh it really does mimic uh monkey movements but it's a very advanced technique and and hard to become adept in um you know i asked troy when he was on if he favored any uh movements uh animal movements and and it's there's uh, a lot of uh, exercise techniques where you 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 go through a lot of different uh movements uh you know, done by different kind of animals, everything from reptiles to to mammals. And it makes you, uh, it's an amazing way to exercise. And anyway, enough on that. Uh, Troy said not so much, but if he's uh, doing a drunken monkey technique, he's most assuredly incorporating uh, at least one animal movement in there. So, okay. Um, How did we get off on that? So... uh, Next slide. Okay, next slide, last slide. Thank you. There's something else I was going to say, but probably wasn't that important. Uh, uh, oh, the both. most important, the Alpha Vedic Thermoinfusion System. Now, we're just going to do a shameless plug here, but I am quite proud of um, our technology here because it is very unique, and it does... Uh, very matter-of-factly bring us well beyond bulletproof, we'll say. And again, we'll use that as a general concept rather than a brand. And we'll talk about why. So now with the bulletproof technique, of course, there's different oils that you can use. So the first question up there is, should we use MCT oil? Uh, so Mike, being a good, uh, Catholic, I'm sure you, uh, can decipher that next phrase there, nos natura, mater, and uh, which means um, in nature we trust. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, the reason why I put that there is, you know, you take pure, unadulterated, cold-pressed coconut oil, which is what I favor, and then, then you put it through a, um, a process to synthesize um, more or to isolate and it does become synthetic in a way and what you're doing though is isolate you're isolating the more medium chain fatty acids because in, in vitro laboratory testing which means unreal conditions although there's a time and place for those kinds of studies uh, they found that the medium chains seem to provoke the ketogenic effect more um, efficiently, but again, just like when uh, we enter into the field of herbology, and we see similar studies where they isolate certain elements in in herbs that they then say, oh, that is responsible for the positive effects of that herb. And then they try to standardize or isolate that one component and isolate it from all the other ways that only mother nature understands why it's in the package it's in because it works better on many levels, especially uh, when you get into the understanding of informational fields. Uh, and, And, you know, Mike, you always point out Uh, uh, very accurately, that it's a difference between digital and analog. So MCT oil is a digital version of the real analog version, which has the more complete energy um, fields with all the synergistic qualities that make coconut oil recognized forever as one of the um, most effective healing substances on the planet. And one thing that, um, now there's different medium chains, there's sixes and tens, and you know, you you can get a little bit more technical about it. And, uh, some of the different medium chain varieties are better tolerated than others. But in most people, any of these MCT oils uh, if they're overdone, and, and in some people not even overdone, they will create digestive disturbances and and other symptoms which uh, you wouldn't get with just the whole complete analog package. Um, so you know your body's trying to tell you something if you get the runs after uh, having too much MCT oil. Um, yeah, so my, my thing, uh, you know, my very strong bias is it's very lame to try to improve on Mother Nature. Uh, we better put our efforts into understanding Mother Nature and mimicking Mother Nature rather than biohacking, standardizing, and isolating, and, and trying to reinvent the wheel. Well, it's exactly so, um, what
0: big pharma does. They synthesize, their, you know, what herbs do, and then they that way they can market and package and patent, and that's uh, what yeah. this brand has done. So, yeah, moving yeah. on. Yeah. Um, just get
1: okay. So, so it's hard. It's hard, it's hard it to brand
0: uh, coconut oil, right? It's like you can get it anywhere.
1: Yeah. <laughs> now there is one brand, and I think we're going to start carrying it as a package for our thermal infusion system uh, on our website. And I'll talk more about it late, later. But they have a new cold processing uh, technique that leaves things even more unadulterated, and by that um, process, it uh, actually enhances the medium chain tri uh, essential fatty acids that uh, they're trying to achieve in the MCT oil synthesis in the first place. But in this circumstance, you aren't adulterating the coconut oil, you're actually preserving it even better. And, uh, so we'll probably be carrying that, uh, as a package with our, uh, with our whole system there. The other thing that's great is, uh, grass fed raw butter. Now, if you don't have, uh, access to raw butter, which they don't in many counties because our, our good people and health departments have, uh, Deemed that uh, you know raw butter can be dangerous uh, or raw dairy can be dangerous. Uh, you know, never mind that. As kids, we just had a big pitcher of raw milk on the table at dinner. You know, because uh, you know our extended family were dairy ranchers. And uh, not only did it, uh, you know, build nice, strong, healthy bodies, but never saw a side effect in my entire life from all the people that used to drink it. Okay, so grass-fed raw butter is even better, but in a pinch, you can get grass-fed um, butter made from pasteurized milk as a, as a second uh, option. And uh, now, uh, Paul Czech, who I admire very much, he's like a walking encyclopedia. I, uh, you know, tell anybody to watch his videos, you'll learn a tremendous amount. And um, he uh, did his own um, research and experimentation and felt that uh, raw butter mycelized the caffeine molecules even better than coconut oil. And I kind of go along with that, you know, because I go back and forth between the two, depending on what I, you know, what I feel like day to day. But raw butter does seem to, um, you know, combine with the caffeine even better. But that's just me, and, and I also trust what Paul says. And um, I kind of like.
0: Hand, uh, uh, well, I was just gonna say I kind of like the energetics better of coconut, though. For me, I've done both. I don't know, and the flavor. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I was I was just gonna say that you know, uh, coconut oil works for me better in other ways. And so that's why on any given day, I just kind of ask myself what I feel like and let my body make the decision. And uh, when you uh, have that little dialogue that you can cultivate with yourself uh, with some experience, uh, just go with your first uh, hit and go with it and it'll be right 100% of the time. I'll say one uh, more thing too
0: any, about yeah. the the butter is that with any dairy product, you want to make sure you're getting your butter from a reputable source. That uh, sure, it may be raw, but uh, what are they eating? Uh, you know, also we have contaminants. So we have radioactive contaminants that go into the soil that the cows eat, and then they get con- compressed into their into the dairy. So um, these are just things we need to be thinking about too.
1: Bioaccumulation um, through animals uh, can definitely be a factor. You're absolutely right. Yeah. So um, let's talk about what we have to offer here the thermal infusions. I call them thermal infusions because caffeine has a thermogenic effect on the body. In other words, it raises metabolism. It can make metabolism more efficient if you don't overdo it and have like sixteen cups of coffee a day and um it also raises you know in raising the basal metabolism it raises temperature and and other things that can have a positive effect and uh so I decided to call these thermo and infusions because you know you're simply taking the caffeine source mixed with other herbs and infusing them in either a cold brew, uh, uh, methodology or just, uh, like you steep a quick cup of tea in the morning, you can uh, pour hot water over these, uh, brews in a basket. Or in the case of our primal essence, chaga coffee, you can use a a French press and just, uh, do it that way and and make it the, the same way you make your regular coffee. And, um, You know, then pour it out into, uh, you know, a personal blender, throw in whatever fat source you're going to have and drink it down. It's no more complicated uh, than that and no more difficult than your regular morning coffee. But don't confine yourself to coffee. Now, coffee um, in the situation with our Primal Essence um, formula, we do mix it with uh, whole chaga. And He Shao Wu, uh, we won't go into a whole tutorial about those two herbs, but He Shao Wu is one of the uh, prime tonics in Chinese medicine to replenish kidney energy, which is our bank account in life. You know, our our, our uh, uh, you know uh, energy reserves are stored by way of the kidneys, and then Chaga, probably one of the most beneficial adaptogens on the planet. So not only are you getting a nice thermogenic or ketogenic effect with the caffeine from coffee, but um, any of the more drying and stimulating effects with the caffeine are balanced out with those herbs that uh, simultaneously um, regenerate organs while the coffee is stimulating those same organs. So uh, I like uh, always to mix a caffeine source with different herbs to, you know, have a more balanced effect and it just tastes like regular coffee. You know, we made sure that, you know, you get a very generous amount of both chaga and he without creating, um, you know, or ruining the, the coffee taste. Now a seasoned coffee connoisseur Might discern a little something different about this, but it just tastes like good tasting coffee, especially when you mix it with the fats. Uh, The only thing I wouldn't do with these is add sugar or sweetener. um,
0: For fast, you know,
1: unless you do it very, very minimally, because that can it can raise the glucose levels and mitigate the um, thermogenic or the ketogenic effect. However, if you have a very tiny bit of some kind of natural sugar or maple syrup, it can pop the flavors a little bit and not disrupt the effects uh, too much. And like honey, um, honey, maples,
0: a, honey maple syrup, or even maybe get away with yeah. uh Yeah. yeah.
1: And, uh, and if you do that, you might explore um, lower glycemic uh, sugar alternatives, um, xylitol. From not corn derived, you know, which is all GMO stuff, but birch bark xylitol, which is uh, organic and very clean, uh, has a very low glycemic index, and a little bit goes a long way. So you could use a, just a smidgen of that. I personally don't care for the t- taste of stevia that much, but there are some organic stevias out there that don't have too much of an aftertaste, and if you just use just a little bit, you know, it can pop the flavor so you don't get any Stevie after effects. And of course, Stevie has an even lower glycemic uh, index. But if uh, if you're cool with just uh, taking it black or plain, then that's that's uh, that's good too. Can I, can I throw so one more thing, one? thing in?
0: Can I throw one more yeah. thing in general note here? People are wondering is um, we do recommend using a personal blender doing this. A shaker really won't get the do- job done. I posted a link in chat here for the Tribus personal blender that we all use and love because it's so modular and easy to use and powerful and just never breaks. I use it. I've been using it mine every day for God, seven, eight years, six, seven, eight years now, not an issue. Um, Really high quality, really worth the investment if you're going to be doing this every day. But yeah, um, using a personal blender, even like a bullet uh, blender, whatever is great. Uh, and it gets it all frothy and nice. It's like, we call it like a frappe. So it's just, it's, it's very pleasurable to drink.
1: And uh, on our new website, which by the way, I think we made some good inroads on that over the holiday break, but uh, our new website, uh, we will offer some packages, including personal blenders and, and I too favored the um, Tribest best because it works so well and it's uh, very inexpensive and, and lasts forever. I've, you know, I use mine for years. They never wear out. So, um, the personal blender is better because it has a smaller blending uh, container as opposed to larger blenders where everything kind of splatters all over the place and it really doesn't have the, the as efficient mycelizing effect. Um, and, you know, shakers, uh, w- you know, you're going to have a hard time achieving that period. All right. So, the next one down, we'll finish up here real quick. Um, Here's my favorite, uh, which is uh, Guayusa mobilized chi, we call it. Guayusa is uh, in the same family as mate. So think of it as drinking mate, but in the case of Guayusa, which a lot of people don't know about, it tastes better, I think. Most people do once they taste it. It uh, has uh, higher amounts of nutrition. Mate has good stuff in it, by the way, but uh, Guayusa is even uh, better. And uh, it also has kind of a better, I think, lighter, uplifting, stimulating effect than uh, regular old mate. So we use it in this blend instead of uh, traditional mate. And then we combine it with our homegrown jiao gulan. And it's a fantastic combination. And uh, I've got, you know, barrels of jiao gulan here, you know, from our last... um, Harvest this fall, so I just kind of reach in and and uh, you know get a good healthy pinch of that uh, along with uh, you know equal amounts of the guayusa and throw it in um, in a brewer and pour hot water over it in the morning and ten fifteen minutes you're ready to go and I make my blend. Uh, the other one we have oh, it has a really good taste too, by the way. Uh, whether you take it just plain or just pop it with you know one of the types of minimal sweeteners that we talked about and the same can be said of any of these other blends so very quickly masala herbal chai is a black tea source it has traditional uh, chai spices we have a, a very good tasty blend that a lot of people love and to the traditional chai spices we add ashwagandha and rishi mushroom which are both amazing um herbs that uh anybody would benefit in, uh, taking on a daily basis and also to help balance out the caffeine in the black tea. Uh, the next one we have is a great one for traditional tea drinkers, herbal gray, uh, Earl gray herbal. And again, it's, it's traditional Earl gray. That's black tea with, um, with, uh, you know, with, uh, regular uh, Earl Grey essential oils um, that give it its unique taste. And to that, we add Godu Kola, which is a a wonderful adaptogenic herb that has uh, great effects, both mentally and physically. Uh, One of the top uh, tiered Ayurvedic herbs uh, that have come down through the ages and finally, and this is one of my favorites too, is green tea floral. Green tea floral is a good one to drink any time of the day. And what it is, it's a very um, artisan uh, level green tea and it's infused with uh, jasmine blossom, So it gives it that distinct jasmine green tea flavor. And it's so it's a it's a more mild caffeine effect, but very nice and stimulating at the same time. And to that we add Albizia flowers. Now Albizia flowers in traditional Chinese medicine are like considered uh, uh, herbal Prozac. We'll say I don't know, maybe that's the wrong way. <laughs> I don't want to give you the wrong impression, but it's very nice and uplifting. And, uh, again, just helps your whole, uh, mental state and, uh, disposition on life period. And in the combination with the, uh, jasmine green tea, it's, it's a wonderful blend has a wonderful flavor and any of these either plain or with just minimal sweetener enhancement, uh, you know, play with it and, uh, great taste, different effects for different, um, metabolisms. And like the original Tibetan technique, um, which wasn't based on coffee at all, definitely explore beyond coffee. But for the coffee lovers, we did include our Primal Essence uh, blend. Michael, take it away. I think that's all I've got.
0: Wow. Well, I'll tell you what, I learned a lot today. And uh, just, you know, as far as we know a lot of the traditional medical reasons for doing this, but some great techniques and uh, just an overall wonderful summary of how to really get into fasting and I think that every if we had a world where people were doing the intermittent fasting, but people did some form of this every month or once a year or whatnot, and people were really taking advantage of this technology, we would be in a completely different reality. We would have a world that of healthier people, more spiritual people, more holistically minded people, and the communities too, uh, that were are more um, just uh, healthy and um, helping each other out. And it just it just would uh, rapidly spread across the globe if, You know, we were doing this. Um, And, uh, you know, I think we're moving that direction. So, bravo, Dr. Lando, for putting that together. That was a great presentation. And, like I said, we'll have that up on as a blog post on our website for those listening to the podcast. But uh, we are over the two hour mark. So, I think we should wrap this up and let everyone get off with their day. Uh, We have some amazing guests on the docket coming for. 2020, and um, we will uh, post. We posted those on the Telegram group here. And uh, next week, what well, we have Mark and Richard. So Mark Harridan and Richard Laplante, if I'm saying their names correctly. And we will be getting into some very cool uh, health, fitness, spiritual guidance. Uh, techniques that these guys do. Bear, if you want to give a quick little background on our guests next week, and then we can uh, say adios.
1: Yes. uh, Mark is um, uh, an old acquaintance of mine. Uh, We've worked together in different uh, endeavors. He's a brilliant tennis coach and has been uh, in the fitness uh, field and coaching for uh, a good part of his adult life. Um, he will be joined by uh, Richard, who has had uh, amazing success with breathing techniques and reducing uh, the symptoms of neurological disorders, especially Parkinson's. So he will be able to reinforce um, a lot of uh, you know, what we talked about as far as the benefits of strategic breathing. And uh, him and I just had a, a great uh, chat because we're both, um, uh, you know, uh, about the same age and uh, he's uh, an old jock type as I am. So we were just kind of comparing, you know, what we do in this phase of life and, and uh different exercise techniques. So it's uh, I'm looking forward to that. And uh, we'll have a good chat about breathing, exercise, and how those things can actually regenerate the nervous system. And he's, uh, he's the proof in the pudding.
0: Wow. Very cool. I can't wait for that one next week. And in the week following, we have special guest, uh, Savan Bomar, who people may know from his channel on YouTube, Inner Standing. And he's launched a new social media platform that's really cool. And so we're going to get into that with him as well as just go down a thousand tangents of really what is inner standing and zero point and understanding how consciousness interfaces with everything in our lives. And he's really interesting. Uh, So go check him out on YouTube, Inner Standing Savon. Uh, Bomar. And then after that, we have our guest, Matt Belair, who um, Bear's been on his show. And we have many people in our community familiar with him. And Matt is an awesome dude who has a, a really cool show, uh, podcast on YouTube. So look up Matt Belair if you're not familiar with him already. And we're going to go into um, you know whatever he wants to do. We'll, you know, But I, I really like to focus on the coming transition uh, that we're all moving into. Uh, for uh, 2020 and beyond because he has so many amazing guests. I feel like Matt has a really great perspective on this. So uh, that's what we have for January so far. The final week we're still figuring out, but we're going to have a ton of amazing guests for 2020. We're really taking it up a notch with the show and with Alpha Vedic. We'll have a new website launching soon. Uh, like uh, Bear said, we'll be offering some new packages and products there and basically just moving forward in, in um, the overall vision for what Alphavedic is. So thanks everyone for joining us today. If you'd like to know more, go to alphavedic.com. That's A-L-F-A-V-E-D-I-C.com. Join us on Telegram, tme forward slash Alphavedic. But all of our social media links are on our website and uh, we look forward to joining with you next week. Everyone have a wonderful, blessed day and a very happy new year. Take care.